The Secret Order of the Rolling Duck presents Everyday Meeple. Hi, I'm Dave Bartlett. I'm here with Mitch Morris and Steve Haley, and this is Episode 2, Terraforming Mars. Well, we're going to terraform Mars. Yeah, we did, we did terraform Mars. We just terraformed we, Mars. We just finished turning Mars into a habitable planet, and that's what uh, Terraforming Mars is all about. I guess I'll kick off by uh, telling everybody a little bit about the game. Um, so it's mostly a card-based game. Uh, there is some tile laying as well. You have a board, that's the planet, where you do lay your tiles, but mostly you start with 10 cards, you purchase more per round, and depending on what cards you get, you can do all sorts of different things from putting tiles down to collecting animals and plants. Um, but basically, the game ends, and, and the goal of the game is to reach the three... Um, uh, aspects that terraform Mars, which is getting the heat up from like minus 28 to you know plus 8, getting nine ocean tiles down on the board, and getting the the oxygen level up to 14% from zero. So once you've got the oxygen, the heat, and the water on Mars, it's habitable, and you move right in, and that's ends the game. And then you collect points. Yeah, and like you points. say, you get to do this in all kinds of crazy ways, like smashing comets into into Mars. The you most get fun to way. at one point like pull a moon into. Mars, or you get do some weird slingshot, slingshotting planets yeah. onto. Actually, yeah, that's a I good. I could be confusing it with yeah things. Yeah, no, there is a there is a slingshotting kind of action. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I want to play the Moon Smash game. Moon <laughs> Smash. <laughs> I'm not sure about the Moon. It could be. I, I again, lots of cards. I don't. I can't imagine you would smash a Moon like asteroids, yeah. comets. Uh, could moons means you're you're messing up somebody else's. You're messing world. with gravity and the you've, placement you've of planets in like the solar system. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna change something else. Yes, yeah, it's a very very Sith Lord that it. That. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds more evil than I feel our corporations are. Indeed. Uh, also, we play as corporations. Yes, yes. Every every player starts with a corporation, and uh, that gives them different bonuses. I like to imagine my player card, my player mat, is is a mothership, hovering in orbit, around Mars using tractor beams to pull in asteroids. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a big warehouse for your resources up there. And it, the time, time scale for the game is generations. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how big is the mothership? How many people live there? Uh, is that intercorporation breeding going on? Yeah. Uh, oh, we, that's are, an are interesting we getting new thought. families coming from, from some other home world? Well, it's interesting because, I mean... Are our corporations intermingling? Do we have mixers so that we, we breed outside of our <laughs> own corporation? <laughs> It's funny because I've, I've I've been doing a bit of reading about this, and people really like the hard science in this game. I'm not even going to speak to like pretending I know what I'm talking about, but I assume there's some actual science going on in the cards. They, they uh, whenever I was reading the, his design uh, briefs and stuff, Jacob was saying that they got tons of the info from NASA websites, from Wikipedia, from cool. the ESA websites. Right. Yeah. So I mean they've done a bunch of research. And then and then they're using public domain images. So I mean they're using stuff that we know of that yeah. we that that are theoretical or right. you know, oh. we haven't terraformed planets that I know of. Yeah, I guess we should say his name is Jacob Frixelius. That's so I'm gonna pronounce Fry I was yeah, not going to try that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a great, a great name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as you're saying, like you're wondering about generations upon generations of people living here. What the hell's going on? I like to assume that you know, if we're within 50 years of getting to Mars or something like that, according to Elon Musk or any other billionaire who's trying it out. Um, okay, if we're 50 years away from that, we'll vent we'll have the technology to get there pretty soon, and then people are going to set up. Yeah, you're right. I think there's some incest going on. Is that what we're... Incest? What do you... I, I, guess, said, I just meant intercorporate. Inter inter I didn't say they were all families. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back. 
<laughs> Taking a step back. Right. Okay. There goes the family rating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but it is it is you know anyone who hasn't listened to our podcast before will will uh, quickly find out that when we talk about a game we add a lot of storytelling elements to our game no matter when they're even when they're just basic board games I think all of us the way we play is we look at the board and we look at our cards and then we start telling stories to ourselves even even you know monologues sometimes we share them at the table but but I think uh, you know a lot of our enjoyment from games comes from the storytelling aspect and terraforming Mars boy. There's all sorts of different stories you can tell, depending on how you want to play it. Totally. It reminds me, we spoke uh, last time we got together and talked on these microphones uh, about Race for the Galaxy. And I was saying, you know, it's still a pretty heavy game. you, you got to, Mars is too. Uh, and you really got to focus on your cards. You really got to focus on what you're doing. But then I find I do what I do for Race for the Galaxy is at the end I kind of look at all the things I've done as a corporation and I'm like, oh, I've I've sealed the planet so no dust gets in, and I've I've raised a colony of ants, and I've started a zoo, and there's oh I've also smashed smashed an asteroid in and stole all my rival corporations titanium and smashed some trees down on my other friend. So there's this little story of you, you know pillaging mm-hmm. Mars as, as you're trying to terraform it. It's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and even though there's a lot of luck with the cards you get, like you say, there's a lot of interaction here, too. And in fact, I, I mean, we're, we tend to be nice players and don't interact as much, but the more we play this game... You, I'm getting meaner. You, yeah, I think we're, I think this is a game that actually strangely is forcing us to be meaner, because once someone steals your plants, you want to take their titanium or their, their steel or whatever. So, yeah. Lords yeah. of Waterdeep is making me meaner. <laughs> Board gaming is making me meaner. Um... Do you want to talk about, uh, I, I guess, some of the elements of the game? If you go ahead, I, I'd like to say while while we have Race for the Galaxy on the on the mind, this mm-hmm. this game, if if you love Race for the Galaxy, this game fits right right in. It, it just it eliminates the the race part and slows it all down. But the the playing the cards and everything feels really similar. Uh, and then you have just the massive board where you're keeping track of everything and the resources that add. Uh, a lot more, but it has a really similar feel to to race for how the the cards work and, and the way you're playing your hands. Yeah, the way you, the way you have to manage your hand is very and similar to Race the, for the Galaxy. The flood of icons. Totally, <laughs> and it's actually a nice um, counter to Race for the Galaxy. Is like you said, it eliminates the race part, mm-hmm. and because sometimes when I when we play Race for the Galaxy, I'm like, oh, I'm just getting going. Like I've just got this little engine built. And now Mitch is one card away from ending the game, and I'm never going to get to mm-hmm. re- reap the rewards of my engine. Whereas Mars is the opposite, where you're like honing this engine, and then you get to reap it for three or four or five rounds, so that the last three rounds you're just doing, you know, spending a ton of money to do whatever you want, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, which is really cool. Yeah, there's a bit of a race aspect because the game ends when Mars is terraformed, but it's a cooperative race in that aspect, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, it ends it ends quickly, like it builds and builds, and there's tension, and then. And then the last generation or two, everything just closes up and you, you sort of, your options are gone and you just do those last few point getting things. And it, it, it at the end, you're, you are only doing uh, the ideal thing you can do each time. There's no, eh, what should I do? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. okay, this, and it becomes just yeah. solid mathing of what's yeah. my last few moves. Yeah, your strategy comes in not really until then. Which is, which is barely yeah. something you ever get time for in right. Rush for the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm. And interesting, another strange comparison, our, our first uh, uh, game we talked about was Wasteland Express Delivery Service, and um, the only reason I bring that up is I was just thinking about something you said that... Um, I always find, I've never won Wasteland Express still, I'm like eight or ten games in or whatever, but I always find the end just happens in that game, and I'm like, what? Whereas I find in Terraforming Mars, you can see, oh, there's one or two generations. Oh, you definitely I, see it coming. You can it's, see it coming in the end. So. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Waste, yeah. I don't want to start talking about wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess maybe we'll start. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you guys, what are your favorite parts of this game? Because there's definitely some drawbacks of this game, which I'd like to, to uh, get, especially when it comes to design. But we'll get to that in a second. But but let's let's stay positive first, Mitch. What's your favorite part of the game? Uh, well, hmm. I mean, besides besides the whole of it, uh, I, I was saying earlier too. I really like how they have. And, I, and it came up in the design briefs uh, that I read too, where uh, because it's such a long game and has the potential for so much uh, analysis for each each thing you do, uh, in the design brief I was reading where they were trying to figure out how to break up the downtime between turns and somebody had suggested doing a, a single action per turn and uh, that would lead to, to too many problems where you would set up your next person to take what you wanted and, and it just it just wouldn't wouldn't work very well. So they they came up with doing well. Jacob came up with doing one or two, which is really nice. Where you can do uh, the single action and let it pass on so that it moves faster, or if you're you can set yourself up to do the two at once so that you can you don't lose out. That is a really uh, cool thing setup. because it does add this element of strategy. Where in most games you're like, oh, you get two actions. You're trying to, to maximize those two actions on your turn. Whereas in this game, like you say, for example, looking at the temperature track where you're trying mm -hmm. to raise the temperature of Mars, there's a couple points on that track where if you're the person who raises it to the next level, you get a bonus. You get to increase your heat production. You get to increase something on your little engine. Or at and, an ocean later in the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So I might be able to raise the temperature on my turn, but I'm like, oh, if someone, if Dave on his turn raises the temperature and it comes back to me, I can raise it and increase a production on my thing. Mm -hmm. So you end up holding off and waiting and then Dave does it, and I'm like, all right, now if it gets to me, I get to get an increase in heat production. But then Mitch does it, so like, there's a risk-reward yeah. like holding off on an action. Mm -hmm. But it does, it really does add to strategy. It was a neat I also like where of... if you do a single action and, and let people keep going, a lot of times if you have enough stuff, people will run out of turns and pass, and then you, you end up by yourself, and you can start doing whatever you want until yeah. you pass. But you know what? Uh, yep. You capitalized on that in the last game we played. You're the only one, I feel like, who maybe two or three times me and Dave have passed, and you could do two or three things mm. by yourself, uh, which I think there's probably some real strategy there to holding off, letting your friends yeah. deplete their money, deplete their cards, and be like, oh, now I can do all these things. Now I can raise the temperature twice yeah. and get the bonus. I don't even have to wait yeah. for anybody. Uh, I'd say that's a viable thing that happens. Yeah, and, and that's using the strategy of only deciding to take one turn, boom, 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 so then at the end when everyone runs out, you've got, yeah, all those extra things. I can think you that's decide a... to take no turn? Can no. You... Could... No, that would be passing. Yeah, that would be and passing. Then, and then so you're you done. have to take at least one. You have one. to take at least yeah. one. Uh, that's yeah. cool. That's a really neat rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Liz? Do you, uh, do you have a favorite part of the game or something that really... I think to go back to what we were saying about building stories and building a theme, I mean, I like the mechanics of the game. It's such a good mix of a bunch of things, uh, you know, like hand management, you're collecting little sets of cards. Um, so I think that the combination of those two things, that you, mm -hmm. you do get a bunch of cards every round that come into your hand, you have the option to buy, uh, and that increases your little um, tableau in front of you. You're building these little sets. You're trying to collect maybe a bunch of science cards that give you victory points at the end, or um, a bunch of animal or microbe microbial cards. Uh, and I really love that as they start to like tell the story over. I think we played ten rounds, so ten generations of people trying to do something on Mars. Again, you get to look back and be like, oh, this was the type of corporation I was. Mm -hmm. I was okay. I was I was about being green and being cool. 
or I was terrible, and I smashed asteroids into the planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a mining uh, type corporation, so I smashed a lot of things into the planet, and mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of damage. I planted a lot of trees by the uh, ninth and tenth generation. So, ten generations later, those new families. Uh, we're trying to make up for what their earlier generations had done, right. mm-hmm. and we're we're coming around and, and mm-hmm. you know you know let's make Mars a better place. They decided. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's forget and again, our exactly. Ancestors. This is what I love. This kind of story that happens. So I was the Helios guys that um, you increase your heat production, you can spend your heat as money somehow. Whatever they're doing, uh, they're spending heat as money. Selling um, heat. Selling heat to people who need heat on Mars. I uh, can't heat. It gets cold at night, I think, mm-hmm. at Mars. Oh yeah. At Mars. <laughs> in um, space. It gets cold <laughs> in space. Grammatically correct. At Mars is actually at well, Mars. Maybe on Mars is more grammatically correct. Oh, we were, we yeah, planets, we're in orbit. So, we're similar we're to, Mars, right? <laughs> so similar to what you were saying, I was like really trying to increase the temperature, increasing the, my heat production. So I had all this heat. So every round almost I was able to increase the temperature. So my guys were all about doing things to heat up Mars. So mm. like, uh, again, meteoroids or meteorites and asteroids. Um, Crazy parties. Crazy parties, just just turning up the heat, mm-hmm. turn up the volume. Mm-hmm. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> a lot of a lot of roofs on fire. Yeah, yeah. it's so on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I tell you about my favorite part, uh, I want to ask you this question, Steve, because you're our, you know, you're uh, I, out of all of us, I think you're the person who prefers deck builders the most. I think deck builders are probably your favorite type of game, or, it's changing, or have been. It's probably but yeah, but it ha- yeah. As a deck builder, I mean, it's not really a deck builder, but no, you, you, you do collect these cards as projects. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't view this as a deck builder at all. I all right, I'll, give you, an I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll tell you exactly. I know what you're getting yeah, at here. Yeah. What I what I love about deck building is chaining, chaining. cards oh, and oh, yeah. you know drawing more cards or chaining mm-hmm. things together to you know mm-hmm. activating powers on your cards. I haven't actually had that happen in Myers very often. The last time we played, you had a crazy Mitch. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. pointing to Mitch. Yeah. Had a crazy <laughs> tableau going where I remember one of your turns taking like ten minutes, and it wasn't because you were overthinking your turn. You were just like, oh well, if I do this, this happens. I get mm-hmm. I get uh, two more. Uh, credits here, and now I can lay this card, but that lets me get something. It was just like, and yeah. I was so jealous. I was like sitting next to me like, damn, yeah. how do I do that at Mars? So you, it's, you make it sound like I should win more often. But I, don't. I don't think you won that game, even though it looked like you were definitely I think I've only kicking won twice. Yeah. ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, that's interesting. So so the, the element of deck building that you like, that chain reaction, is possible in Terraforming Mars, but it's certainly not as prevalent in, say, Dominion or Thunderstone no. or any of those games. Well, it's really dependent on the, sure. which we're probably going to talk about the luck of the draw mm-hmm. yeah. and what you get and yeah. what you're able to get down. And here yeah. you, you don't actually get a deck of cards. Like you're just, That's true. You're just pulling a hand. Right. Not, yeah. yeah, and there's no base set that like like in most deck yeah. builders. That's true. Um, I think uh, two so, things... So you may have offended some listeners. Oh, maybe. If well, we had listeners. If we had builders. <laughs> we don't play deck builders yeah, well, in these parts. And, and I'll say straight up that when it comes to board game terminology... You know, you're a resident expert on that, Mitch, and, and Steve's getting better at that, but I still don't, I can't, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I get a basic idea of worker placement and, and deck building and things like that, but honestly, it's just, it's it's all board games to me. What's when the difference between a pawn and a meeple? I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I, I will say the two things I love about Terraforming Mars the most, and I like a lot about this game, but the two things I like the most, one, it's always incredibly close. We just played a game a couple minutes ago. Except for that one game. There was yeah, the, <laughs> but but very rarely is it runaway. Uh, I mean, Seven points yeah. between three players in yeah. this game, and that's pretty ter- typical. Um, 
And the other thing I really like the most is as someone who, well, less now is the, with the weather getting better, but over the winter playing a lot of solo games at, uh, by myself. Yeah, how many times did you play, Dave? Oh, my God. I'll have to check my stats here in a minute. Uh, I know it's in the 40s. You said it a little uh, while ago. Almost 50 games of this yeah. uh, all told, and that includes maybe a half dozen or eight multiplayer games. But I played this solo a lot, and it never gets boring. It's always fun. It only lasts 14 generations, so... It adds that race element back in when you're playing solo, but you're not. You're only racing against the the uh, the time clock of 14 generations. You have to 14 rounds to do it. Right. And, and most multiplayer games do not last 14 generations, but you also have to do all three things by yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really like the closeness, and I love it as a solo game. Uh, I, I certainly prefer like most solo games that, that you can play multiplayer. I think I prefer it multiplayer, but it is a solo game that I. I the only reason I don't play it as much as I did when I first bought it is I've got other solo games that I want to try out now so sure yeah. um, so that's the positive uh, I, would, I would like to try it as a solo game uh, yeah, it, se it seems like it has enough going on like I've been playing uh, you, you lent me the Castles of Burgundy card game mm -hmm. which before I played Castles of Burgundy was a super fun game and now it's lost a bit of its luster sure. and as a solo game it's it's so quick and so full of luck um, that, yeah. that I am done with it. Yeah, interesting. Interesting so, how, that, yeah. how that works. A little aside. Yeah. Um, negative, Still a good game for yeah. $15 oh, or $18. God. Yeah, so. yeah. Absolutely. Um, negative. And, and Mitch, we'll start again with you. Um, mostly because I think a lot of the issues with this game are design-related, the, the, the negatives of it. So maybe you can well, start... You yeah. know, some of your thoughts. When, when, you, when you're saying design, you mean, you mean uh, graphic. Graphic design. Uh, and it's, and game it's, design. Quality, it's really, really interesting where... Uh, the fact that it's it's such a good game means that it, none of it matters. It's great. That's true. I mean, uh, if you go back however many years, the games that everybody loved and have maintained even have never had uh, spectacular anything. And one of the things with this is is it's so much of it is done in house, and I you know I'm curious as to why why it didn't get a little more polish or, or as it's as it's moved on for expansions and stuff, why it's not getting a little more treatment, yeah. but um, yeah, there's there's some the player boards I think are the most common issue where uh, they are a flat cardstock mat and your tiny cubes of every type get uh, as soon as you do anything slightly wrong mm. they get moved around and there's a lot of risk of knock don't, bump, don't bump your stuff don't bump yeah, your stuff knock on wood it hasn't happened yet but man the potential for catastrophe playing like a two two and a half hour game I guess it makes us more cautious totally maybe don't wear long baggy sleeves don't no wear, definitely not thing. don't let your and, we, and we, we're good where we have a vault in the table so yeah. things can't get too too far mm -hmm. on the floor although you dropped a few trays tonight and yeah. Macy dropped a yeah, couple trays pre-game pre drops and by tonight I mean this morning yes yeah uh yeah i mean negative whenever i i first saw it uh i was a little floored by I, I i wish that i could have worked on the game to to make it a little a little nicer and more thematic. <laughs> which you have kind of I, I have done some side project for that but i mean it, it really doesn't uh, after playing it so many times it doesn't take away from anything it's uh doesn't it doesn't dull my imagination it doesn't uh, no no and you know what i think it's it's like you said like older games that have st stood the test of time are are at or lower of a production quality than this game mm -hmm. i think this is just in stark contrast as like a new game as a game is considered cult of the new that's jumped jumped in the top 10 of um, board game geek compared to a lot of other new games it's it's below like the present day mark mm -hmm. or whatever but still and it's it's not, not i mean uh, design wise it's not bad it's just it's just not you know 
it's not a 15 when it could have been a 15 you know it's a 10 right. it's, a, yeah. it's a 9 it's a lower quality uh, yeah. and for the price they've used you know some yeah. fonts that I, I go I don't, I don't like Melissa's pointed out the, the script fonts <laughs> right. for uh, the awards and stuff and like that does that feels not space and future no for, for that feels like getting a graduation spots. diploma yeah. when you're in primary elementary mm. congratulations some of, on some of the some of the stuff that way but i mean mm. it's not it's not a negative f- for me at all because it doesn't it doesn't diminish anything i mean it's a, it doesn't it's diminish a, the game it, no. it'd be a negative if i had bumped my card and lost my stuff and like how many titanium did mm. i have right. you know what to uh, speak to a... and we can fix that and and so many uh side companies now have have put out uh great trays and and solutions uh, what's the game? Game Trunk game has a uh, Game Trunk, the oh. little elephant logo. They have like a just a, a plastic. You insert your your game sheet, right. and like then it's got the little wells recessed and like nice. Uh, game trays, I think, has a, a nicer the, tray. The plastic do, blue one. I don't know if you can uh, insert the player mat into those though. I don't think so. Because uh, oh. some people have done just a plexi overlay right. that you can just put over top. People have done great laser cuts, and that's that's another. Uh, aside about about the production and the design where this game sort of rivals Catan for the amount of uh, creativity people are putting into building uh, replacement parts. Yeah. You know, the, the 3D printed tiles with like domed cities mm-hmm. and like forests, the laser cut wood boards, like uh, you know, there's so you know much what? going on. And that's what I was going to say. And, and having, you know, maybe a, a 10 instead of a 15 on production value leads to that yeah and i think that this these guys who designed this game it's like a complete counter uh choice to the trend that's happening right now with like kickstarted games like it's kind of cool that the community has decided to build like 3d printed domes Mm. um you know this game would feel it would be a pretty trite move to have launched this game and charged 150 dollars for it but we all had our own little astronaut minis and yeah. and it had and it actually had 3d pieces to put on the board it's not necessary so many no. games are going over the top with production yep uh, just to have like a flashy thing mm-hmm. without much substance this We're, game is all substance and not much flash yeah yep. great game doesn't doesn't really need it yeah i mean yep. we've played uh, i play i used to play stock ticker all the right. time and there is there's nothing fancy in there mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all good points. Um, I don't. I don't think I have a whole lot negative to say about that. Uh, like my big issue, and I, I think you're right. It's the initiative when I was unpacking it, and the like. The player boards are not only flat, but they're really flimsy cardstock. Um, you know, and and, uh, and even some of the, the cards could be a little bit thicker. But but basically, you're right. The the game is so good. All of those weird little things. You you play a couple games of it, you forget all about it. But the one thing. I wanted to mention about, about a bit of a negative. Um, I think there are a couple more expansions out now, or at least one. But there, but when when I was thinking about this game and playing it a lot more, there were two expansions out, and I I ended up getting one. I got the the Venus next, and the other the the second expansion, um, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically just a second double sided board of two different versions of Mars. Hellas so, and Elysium. Or something the, like there that. there you go. And, and I think that would be kind of fun to have just to change up the the board if you play it a lot. Sure. And, and it's a game I can see if you have a small collection and you've got a group of people. This could be a game you play a lot and get really good and really competitive at. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think that having those extra boards do, does you know, um, yeah. change it up a little, just a little tiny bit, and it's not real expensive. But the Venus Next, uh, what, what I'll say about that is, um, I like the expansion, I like the extra 50-odd cards, I like the sideboard, but all it really does is make the game a little longer. And 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and, and I'm not really sure, like, it's fine, but 
honestly, I will I will rarely play Venus Next. Yeah. The base game is so good. What it adds is is not is just a bit of time and a bit of extra hassle. In the solo game, I do like the fact that you do get cooperatively to put one thing up per generation, which does help a little bit. But again, it it doesn't change the game that much to make it really worth the 35 bucks for the expansion is about my only complaint about yeah. that I can say. It's funny that they're shelling out expansions for this game when it has such a giant deck of cards. Like, we just played a 10-round game, and the, I think we only got through half the deck. Yep. And, you know, we're going to draw different cards almost every time. It'll take you a while to see all those cards. Yeah. And this is a game that I think you could run, you could ride the base game for quite a while before you ever felt a need. I think the maps, Absolutely. the different maps, like you say, would be a good thing. Yeah. I know they have a new one coming out this year that is uh, it's called like a pr prelude, where you get some more cards that help like boost your initial like corporation bonuses or something like that. Yeah, they had in the, in the, I don't know if it's related, in the design brief, Jacob had mentioned that uh, one of the other downs they had was that the game was taking two hours plus mm -hmm. to play, and that would... That would reduce the audience who were interested. So they ended up culling the original deck by about a third. And they took out anything that didn't sort of directly help progress the three goals. Right. Right? Makes so sense. Anything that didn't sort of lead towards temperature or oxygen or, or whatever. So the rest of them were, I guess, uh, corporate-related. Right. So maybe that's what this prelude is. Maybe this is right. some of those cards. Or maybe, and maybe that's where their ex the expansions have come pretty quickly. Maybe they were like, well, we got all this they kind did, of work they did done. They have a lot of stuff. We might as well put out a, it's super popular, let's put out a couple expansions. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing quite well with they're the game. They're doing well. They're yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, age on the box, 12 plus, which I think is just a standard thing you were saying before, Mitch, but... Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how that relates. 12. There's that 8 or 12. Yeah, but but I would say this is a game that you can teach, if you have kids and you play games with, with your kids like you both. Now, I'm not saying it's, like uh, like 5 or 6, but no. I, th I think like, you know, 8 or 10? You think, think maybe? I might hold this one off for teenagers. Yeah. My thing, like, I think, you know, in the future, we'll probably speak to playing games with kids. We yeah. do a lot of it. Sure. My kind of rule with playing with kids, especially probably under 10, is making sure that you're playing a game where you can try your hardest, but they have just as good a chance to win. Yeah. And uh, this, this is kind of a game where I think so you could. Much, yeah. So much reading. So many moving yeah. parts. Yeah. Like, fair enough. You could uh, smash a kid in this one. Well, not really. Uh, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, our five year olds are, are way too young. Yeah. But. But even moving past that, uh, like as Macy gets older, I would introduce her to games that have a lot more depth, but not so much, uh, not so broad. Okay. You yeah. know, there's so many moving parts, so many things to take care of that, you know, I, th I think 10 and 12 is probably pretty, pretty Fair enough. And sure. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. There'll be some 12-year-olds that can wrap their head around this. Sure. What I always saw, like, people playing with kids, too, it's like, uh, there's a difference then three 12-year-olds playing the game. If they know how to play, we'll have a good time. Right. But maybe a 12-year-old playing with us who've played the game uh, a dozen times, yeah. maybe not going to be so much fun for mm. them. Maybe yeah, not. I, I might be wrong. Yep. There's still some luck and randomness to the game. So. Yeah, there's there's enough luck with the with what cards you're getting that, that really... Yeah. And and that's that was a down... Not not even a downside, but uh, a negative point that, that could have been a negative with the... There's a lot of luck that comes up. Like, you, you get your corporation to start sort of informs maybe what you want to do and then you don't get any of those cards but there's a there's a variant where you draft your cards between yeah that really would mitigate a lot of that too and and then everybody's getting the same 
you know, if you're playing with three players, everybody gets the same 12 cards instead yeah. of somebody getting. I think that cards makes a that, lot of yeah. sense, uh, and I think people who really love the game, like that's a that's a given that they play with the draft. Yeah, I'd um, like to try it. I haven't tried it yet, and and well, make some more you know. for some more strategic depth. Yeah, sure. Because it is a a bit of a drawback to the game. Mm-hmm. Is you know we're five rounds into the game, you got your engine going, you, mm-hmm. you got lots of money to spend. You draw your four cards at the beginning of a round, and you get four things that just aren't applicable yeah, to right. what you're doing. I That's a big detractor. A and times. then the person next to you gets four cards. We're like, "Oh my god, I want to buy all these. These are going to work for me." Mm-hmm. That's that sucks. Yeah, it's not a great feeling for the person who sure. gets the bad bad draw. Yeah, that's that's one of my other favorite things with the game is when Dave draws four cards, he gets exuberant. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He's very you're very vocal with this game. It's, I it's I, nice. I think it's because I played it so much and I know the cards and I just I'm 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 constantly thinking about how I can use this it's, card. Differently. It's a good tactic. It it fills me with oh shoot! Oh Dave's got something. Yeah, oh my out. god! Yeah. It's all intentional. It's uh, out. Yeah. Uh, um. Just. Something about that. Oh no, it's gone. Okay, um, how are we doing on time? Should we move on to pop culture pairings, or do we have a bit more time to talk about? We uh, probably could um, wrap it up and, and move on. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, I think this game is a is a blast. Anyone who likes uh, managing a hand of cards and uh, tr- engine building in the game, um, and having this really kind of cool narrative driving you like terraforming Mars with a giant planet visual. Uh, of actually like placing down green tiles to terraform it and oceans mm-hmm. uh, so you get this nice visual of uh, progress as you move through it mm-hmm. um, if you like those things in a game I yep. think you'll dig this one and, and I just want to say about visually too uh, I mean we were, we were kind of you know the, the graphic design a little bit uh, you know again not an issue once you play it a couple times but the thing that looks great about the game is all of the cubes both the metal resource cubes in silver bronze and, and gold and the 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 plastic um you know uh player yeah. markers they all reflect light so good this game i mean we're playing in a basement right now but when i play this game in my games room on a sunny day and the light comes in through the windows and hits the board when it's all when the board is almost right. terraformed it looks gorgeous yeah it would so look cool. so there's certainly an element of that that it's almost like the lights are coming on on mm-hmm on Mars as you're building it. I kind of like that idea. It's fun. Yep. Yeah, lots uh, of good bits. Do you want to start us off, off on pop culture, though, Steve? Because you had the kind of the one recommendation that you really right. were really excited. And maybe you can tell we, that story. We mentioned this, uh, uh, maybe the first... Such a bad movie. <laughs> such a bad movie. Oh, yeah, God, so when, yeah. when Dave first bought this game and uh, got home and said, oh, I bought Terraforming Mars, walked into the local game store, bought it, I stayed up till 3 a.m. Uh, it's, it's a bunch of mega credits. I get mega credits going. I'm terraforming Mars. I went to bed at 4. I got up at 6.30. I played three games again. <laughs> and he was like typing this on like, Google Messenger or whatever that's called, Hangouts. And uh, and I was at work and I'm reading. I'm like, oh, man, is Dave okay? Just message after message we couldn't comprehend. Yeah. And what happened was right away I got this image in my head from having watched a movie when I was like 13 years old probably called Mission to Mars. Remembered very little about it, except that at some point, uh, Don Cheadle's character, Luke, gets uh, trapped on... I didn't remember that his name was Luke. But Don <laughs> Cheadle gets trapped on Mars, and when his cr- the crew rescue crew finds him, he's kind of cooped up in a greenhouse, uh, trying to grow some plants to, to survive, get some oxygen, and he's kind of gone crazy. And I'm like, oh my god, Dave's Don Cheadle on Mars. He's going to kill us. If we walk into his game room... While he's playing, he's just going to have this space axe yeah. or whatever that thing was that he had. Yeah, crumbs in my beard and, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually like a ice climbing axe. Yeah, that, yeah, like yeah, they, axe. that they used as, 
some sort of future axe. Yeah. Well, because at one point in the movie, he's just chipping away at a, <laughs> at a little rock. Yeah. yeah. Geological hammer. So, yeah. which yeah. led us, I'm like, hey, if we're going to podcast and talk about terraforming Mars, we have to get together and watch this movie, which my preteen, just turning teen uh, memory was like, it's a pretty cool movie. Not sure if it will hold up, but I think it's pretty good. And I ordered from Amazon. We watched it four nights ago, five nights ago. Something like that. I immediately remembered why I had blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> it has the, the the slowest chase scene oh, ever so... ever recorded. Yeah, it's hilariously bad that it's almost good. We had a good we had a yeah. good time watching. Oh, we had a great. Uh, it... And Don Cheadle uh, it, that... losing his mind on Mars was that was a, it, that was a that was a, highlight was a great movie. image to have. <laughs> yeah. So it was a Brian De Palma movie. Who, yeah. who, 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 as we were watching, we're like, oh, Brian De Palma, he's made a ton of movies. And we went through a little wiki list or IMDB, and he made a ton of great movies, mm. which we're like, oh, mm. maybe this is going to be pretty good. Uh, I don't remember if you you remember what some of his movies oh, were. Not but at the top of my head. There but... was a bunch. Um, Everybody knows. Everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, Brian De Palma, look it up. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. Um, we're like, yeah, this is going to be pretty good. And right away, it's just a bunch of bros in a backyard in 2020 just getting ready to go to and space. It, it ends up being more greenhousing on Mars than terraforming mm. Mars itself. But uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure terraforming Mars, the board game, has uh, much more accurate hard science than this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should oh. hope so. Yeah. Uh, as a writer, a, I... A lot less sports metaphors. Though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, 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 I tell you, uh, I, would, I, would, I would criticize the writing except for... The, it's the the script must be so full of description and descriptors of what people are doing and so blank on dial the dialogue is almost non-existent it is it adds nothing it's so uh, i don't know it, again uh we had a lot of fun doing it because i felt like we were our own mystery science theater thing and we were just basically you know throwing insults at the screen as fast as we could yeah. and having a ball doing it but boy it's not a great movie it feels like there was a a, a production decision made that this movie is is too uh 2001 space odyssey mm -hmm. dull science that we need to find a way to broaden our audience so they decided what if all of the the space scientists were also american jocks yeah yeah so let's throw in some basketball talk some football talk like yeah. just just randomly who are all married to other astronauts because oh, all the wives oh are astronauts God. too yeah, that's yeah. oh that's right yeah because yeah. gary sinise's wife who died and it was like you know he's a former of the protagonist of the movie yeah uh it's for yeah she died but they were both astronauts who had a lot to do with this mission to mars or whatever mm -hmm. and then uh tim, tim robbins, robbins and his wife uh you know, because he's such a bro. He's the guy who's like, let's just slap a full court press on this, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever that means. I guess they talked about it beforehand. Um, and his wife's like, oh, Tim, or whatever his name is, I want to go dancing. Why don't you take me dancing? <laughs> which is so cliche. Cue the like, Van Halen. Yeah, what is, yeah cue then, the yeah. Van Halen. That was so weird. The Van Halen was unbelievable. But his line is something like, honey, some people dance and some people go to Mars. <laughs> Also, also, they're they're so cold and detached. Whenever massive traumatic events happen, they all stare blankly. <laughs> As but, their friends die. But when there's for a, full forty five seconds, when there's a tiny argument about their friends, they are so passionate and emotional. <laughs> but but you know the sun could explode and they would just sort of stare at it like, well, what does this mean for us? Mm -hmm. If they reacted to their friends dying the way they reacted to Van Halen. Uh, <laughs> it would be a better movie because they are all really happy about that. that I think that's the quote that of the dancing. day right there. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, what about other pop culture appearings? Mitch, you want to, you know? Uh, yeah, movie-wise, it's, uh, I want to, I don't 
well, I can't say I want to avoid the obvious because I'll pick. It I makes mean, a lot of sense. Picking uh, terraforming, you know, there's been so many terraforming Mars and Mars related movies, but I, uh, for me, I feel the one that matches up uh, the best is is the original Total Recall. Oh wow, uh, that's not what I thought with, you were going to say. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yeah. and there, there's a reason for that. Uh, one, they terraform Mars at the end of it. Oh uh, yeah. They they start a machine that starts breathing oxygen on the planet. And the other thing is that the production value is just slightly <laughs> missing. That it does. I mean, people love the movie, and it doesn't affect people's enjoyment of the movie for some reason. But whenever I talk to people about it, and I and I say like, did 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 you not notice? You know, because people don't notice the the lighting and the production of that entire movie is so flat. And so dull. It doesn't matter if they're in an underground cavern on Mars with the with the resistance, or on Earth in a in a in an office or a science building of some type, or <laughs> or any anywhere they are. The lighting is exactly the same. Right. They can be you know a mile underground or however deep they were, and the lighting is just as clean and, and kind of blue, perfectly. <laughs> Uh, Neon everywhere, like they, it's like they're on the same stage, and they didn't bother changing the lighting; they just mm -hmm. changed the set. It's like a so uh, for me, that one matches very well. I really enjoy <laughs> enjoy it. I I prefer the uh, the new the newer Total Recall, but they don't go to Mars and that. They don't terraform yeah. Mars, which made people mad because uh, they like Arnold Schwarzenegger more than they they like the short stories that right. the movies are based on. Yeah. Uh, but I like that one because they. They, they did a little more Blade Runner vibe to it. I kind of forgot it. Mars was part of that movie. Mar yeah, but yeah. I've never been to Mars. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And, well, and, and it was interesting because I think I said this this morning, and you kind of all you both agreed that that you know space and Mars especially was such a huge thing back, you know when you know in the seventies and and the early eighties maybe a little bit too. I mean I'm not really sure you know uh, exactly the time period. Sixties. But yeah, sixties for sure. Um, you know during the mission the moon missions and things like that. But but really space you know within our solar system it seems like you know all the movies and a lot of the pop culture now about about space it's always like visitors from way galaxies far 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 away there's still a lot of mars going on the expanse a has the colonies on mars yeah. the martian just came out there yeah. was another mars movie in yeah. the last five years i know so. what you mean though i i mean i think at during the, the 50s 60s bit. during yeah. the, the the race to get to mars between uh, russia and uh, yeah. soviet russia and, and the u.s it's kind of like astronauts were kind of like rock stars yeah you know? they were, it was, yeah and I, it's, maybe it's more from bugs bunny where the the biggest alien we knew of in the 60s was a Martian. Right. The Martian totally. invasion. Who will call Mars. you George yeah. after he snuggles yeah. you and loves you. And well, yeah, where, el where else could... Oh, a Bugs Bunny, I think, touched on Pluto once. You know, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what maybe that's what killed part of it, is that uh, all of a sudden we realize in... Well, Mission to Mars alluded to We the, knew they weren't on Mars. Yeah, anymore. Mission to Mars alluded to the face on Mars that that came popped up in the 90s that mm -hmm. ended, up, ended up being revealed to just be a trick of light. Um, where and, it looked like humans, an alien face. Humans' innate thing about finding faces, finding faces in anything. And everything. Oh, there's yeah. one in the wood grain behind you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See those all the time. They terrified me in bed. Um, but finally, we get there and we're like, oh, actually, no, there's no life on Mars. That everyone's like, whoo, what's going to be like years and ye like hundreds of years before mm. we get further generations, than Mars. Yeah. generations even. Yeah. Um, that kind of killed some of that hope for alien life. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. 
Interesting, though. Uh, I just uh, this is I'm not sure necessarily. It, it's actually not about Mars. It's because it, uh, I think the the name of the short story because uh, I can't think of a movie really about Mars beyond the ones we've talked about that oh. I, that really stands out. Um, but there, there's a uh, there's a great short story by J.G. Ballard um, called something. Uh, something for Alpha Centauri, um, and the idea is it's a um, it's a group of people again generations that are getting to, to Alpha Centauri or Alpha Centaurus, uh, however it's pronounced, and. Um, the the short story is all about um, you know uh, one of the crew members in the shuttle that have, that's been going on for generations starts asking these really strange questions and um, why did my Fruit Loops get soggy? No, no more. Uh, I, and I don't. I, it's I been a while since I read the short story, but but the no, but that's a good one. But the uh, the reveal is and, and and again I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody. Um, but but the reveal is at the end. He, the, this guy opens the airlock because he's. Just, He's decided he's just going to open the airlock to see what's out there because no Smart. one's ever been off the, sh- the ship. Mm-hmm. And he opens this airlock, and, re- and it's, he's in a lab on Earth. And the whole idea is training generations to get somewhere oh. by boxing them up in a spaceship. Damn you all day! Yeah, pr- pretty much <laughs> that kind Earth of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's a really, but that one just sprang to, to, to mind of the whole idea of generations and space exploration and things. And the fact that before we even do it, we have to test it out on people, maybe. And then, therefore... Right. Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Biodome. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, is that the is that the uh, uh, what's his name, Polly Shore? Oh yeah, oh, you know God. It. <laughs> um, and then there's music, of course. Is there an Ernest goes to Mars? Well, you guys are missing the. I thought when oh, you were sorry. like, oh, I don't, I don't want to say the obvious movie. And you're like, I can't think of any more uh, movies. Um, the Martian. The Martian came yeah. out a couple of years ago, and I feel like that's the one we've been avoiding because that is full of. Like, I've never seen pretty it. accurate hard science, according to what I read online. Okay, pretty accurate movie science. Pretty mm-hmm. accurate movie science. Yeah, yeah it's kind of a uh, sure. Not too, not too bad. He does compared to Mission to Mars they, anyway. I mean, yeah. they always have to uh, get around things to make an interesting totally uh, story. Like the dust storms on Mars don't don't work the way the dust storms do in the movies. They wouldn't hurt you. Uh, things like that. They, I mean, it would be a it would be a dull movie if they didn't yeah. uh, bend the science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it does have some comparisons in that he's growing potatoes oh, yeah. on Mars and he's doing some. But again, greenhousing on Mars. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Not actually planting trees or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, which actually brings me to my story that I dug up because I, I love Ray Bradbury. Uh, and years ago, I read a bunch of the Martian Chronicles as a kid, um, which I don't really remember. But speaking to that kind of fascination for actual Martians, like mm-hmm. Marvin the Martian or that kind of fascination of the 60s, Ray Br- Bradbury's Martian Chronicles is all about Mars already having Martian colonies and, and aliens. And this kind of like, because Mars was unknown, who knows what's there, mm-hmm. and all of his stories, and I guess that was probably around the 50s or 60s, mostly, uh, are all about alien life for the most part. But there's one short story in the Martian Chronicles, because it is just a collection of short stories, some overlapping characters and things like that. Um, there's one called the, uh, the Green... The Green Morning. It's super short. It'll take you 10 minutes to read it. Uh, about this guy who's on Mars, uh, and the air is so thin it hurts his lungs, uh, and all he wants to do is kind of like Johnny Appleseed, is plant seeds. They, they, they can't get anything to take on Mars, and he wants Earth seeds to go around planting trees. Um, and he gets permission from like a corporation who are, they're just concerned with mining, similar to terraforming Mars. They just want to get you stuff done. And uh, he convinces them to send packets of seeds, and he goes and drops them all and nearly dies and collapses in the desert because he can't breathe. But then out of nowhere, I'm telling you the story again, 10 minutes to read. Um, it just starts like 
torrentially raining, like Martian rain, whatever, you know, <laughs> crazy storm. He's never experienced anything like it. Minus and he kind of goes, goes to sleep happy, thinking that, like, oh, this is great. And when he wakes up, all the trees that he's planted have already grown, like, 50 feet. And Mars is, like, instantly terraformed because... You know, Martian soil, who knows anything about it? If you mm. drop earth seeds in it, who knows what will happen? And they make these kind of giant, crazy mm. uh, Martian trees. But it's it's a really sweet little read. Mm. I yeah. enjoyed it. And again, set in 2021, just like Mission to Mars. So wow. there were times in, in people's writing lives, or well, lives as writers, ago. where yeah. they were like, oh, the 2020s, yeah. Mars is going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when the 2000s were going to be a... Well, yeah, yeah. 2001. Yeah. 2000. Yeah. Another piece of literature that this brings to mind too, and have you either of you ever read Stranger in Strangeland, Robert Heinlein's Stranger, the classic Stranger in mm-hmm. Strangeland? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's about um, a kid that's born on Mars, and I think uh, it's been a long time since I've read it, but I think he must have been part of a small colony, and the colony's wiped out. But the Martians, because there are Martians in the right. book, uh, take this human baby in. And he's you know not raised by wolves as such, but raised by Martians, which are you know have hyper intelligent. The the, the it, it spawned the word in the '60s that was. Uh, part of popular culture called grok which is mean to completely understand because the aliens grok things uh, they don't still, still a big part of game culture yeah grok, to grok, grok there you go um but yeah well grok. there you go uh, there, there's our tie-in it. right there but it's a really interesting story and of course you know this this earth kid comes back to earth as a as a young man or as a late teenager kind of thing and of course he's been raised by martians since he was a baby and he has you know higher mental powers and stuff and um it, it's just uh, as i recall like the, the whole story is just about him trying to adapt to his his born into culture from his adopt from his adaptive culture and how his, uh, his adopted culture and how his you know, all the humans want to experiment on him because to them, he's not really human anymore. So he's not really Martian. He's not really human. Anyway, it's a, it's a big, thick, thick novel, but it's, uh, and I've, cool. it's been a long time, but I, uh, I just thought Who's about the, that as well. Uh, author again? Robert Heinlein, the guy who wrote Starship Troopers. Oh, and, yeah. You know, which I've never, uh, but Stranger in a Strange Line at the time, I think, was his big, cool. yeah. his big one. Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, w- I would go with, uh, and again, it's not, it doesn't hit Mars, but it hits terraforming and corporations. Uh, Terry Pratchett's Strata. Oh, Ooh, I love Pratchett, but I haven't Strata. read that one. That's the, this is the one that I've told you about several times, yeah. where it sort of launches the Discworld. Right. It's everything. A, is it part of the Diggers or Truckers, one of his earlier books then, I guess? I don't is know. It? Oh, okay. it's, a, it's, it's a terraforming company mm. that uh, they're, they're basically trying to build new worlds for, for humans to avoid uh, humans dying of basically dullness. There's a... Whole colonies of, of humans who have, uh, I think they're called mind quakes, maybe, uh, where the society has become too homogenous and they 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 die out because they're basically uh, too dull. So too bored. Wow, they're that's trying interesting. To, trying to build, <laughs> trying to build new planets for for to put new humans on and and sort of strengthen the the population. And some of the staff that work for these companies hide things deep in the strata to throw Easter off future scientists, yeah, t- tennis That's shoes cool. and, and dinosaur bones yeah. in, the wrong, in the wrong era, right. uh, things like that. But uh, that has nothing to do with the, the story in the end. Uh, they, well, some people in the company find out that somebody's hiring them to go and explore some discovery, and they end up uh, crashing onto this flat world that that shouldn't exist and it's basically it's medieval earth but slightly wrong and it's it's a disc world 
uh, spinning on a tub. Anybody familiar with Discworld knows what the world is. Mm-hmm. But this this particular version of it is uh, is all um, fake. It's all manufactured. Every, everything yeah. is is mechanical. Mm-hmm. So all of the the magic that exists is somehow. Uh, mm. science and mechanical right. and then in deeper down inside of the strata they find the the computer that's running things and uh-huh. and stuff and they and they, I think it sort of ends where they get tasked with building an earth because this earth is going to die so they have to build a some place for the disc worlders to go mm-hmm. and I think it ends where they they actually end up building our earth as a place to put all these people Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was Earth and yeah. me all along. No. <laughs> but but there's no giant turtles or a giant turtle with four elephants on its back. Kind of I thing no, I don't. Strata. I don't yeah. think that gets touched on in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, strata. It's just. But it's uh, the tie-in is just that it's oh, yeah. a corporation yep. who terraforms planets. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think they actually build them, kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide, where they're where they're actually building planets, not so right. much yeah. terraforming yeah. non-existent or yeah. or pre-existing planets. They're they're actually. Building, building them from, from scratch, scratch with, yeah. with cool. alien technology. It's not generations of human technology. They they discovered, I think, alien technology and are using that to build new planets. Neat. That'd be cool. Kind but of I haven't game read it idea. since I was a teenager, so I could have most of that wrong. Yeah. No time to reread all the books we want to talk about, and what you know. At least well, we, we probably got a little bit of time to uh, talk about some music. Yeah. Um, Oh, I think the obvious one is David Bowie. That's where I went right away. Yeah, and I mean, sure. I I, po- I sent you guys a link to Life on Mars, obviously, which uh, we were just talking about it earlier. It's less to do with anything about Mars, and I think more to do with uh, how horrible Earth is. Is there any way I can leave it? So let's go terraform Mars. Let's yeah, I guess so. <laughs> let's go to Mars. Is, is there life there? I want to go there because here a lot of bad Stuff things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I yeah. I love that song. This, yeah. I also love the. Uh, I, I was gonna link uh, send you guys this too, which I know you've all heard it, but the Life Aquatic uh, soundtrack with. Oh um, yeah, not in a long time, but um, the kind of Bowie renditions mm. on 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 that oh, soundtrack are great, especially uh, Life on Mars. This is quite good. Yeah, uh, and and of course, uh, you know, Bowie had a, a lot of songs because he was you know started writing and recording in that era. So Starman and Ziggy Stardust as well. So he's certainly you know top of my list. Anyone yeah, else? I mean, he was uh, Bowie. <laughs> Bowie's perfect for a for a glam rock pop star of his time oh, yeah. to be writing about space. I mean, it was part of his whole deal as a sure. stardust. He, yeah. He's kind of like an alien. Yeah. He portrayed himself oh, like that, that way. like that movie where he plays an alien. Right. And the man who fell to Earth. Oh, right. Oh, I forgot yeah, he was exactly. in that. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, he's kind of, he uh, you know, an androgynous kind of pop star that just feels like he's not from this planet anyways especially mm-hmm. when he's performing in the 70s uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean he's the last rock star astronaut oh man uh, i don't know uh, again fred yeah. freddie mercury uh, was what, similar space? yeah space? i guess less oh, space, space yeah. but same feel frank black from the pixies which we were listening to while we were playing is is probably inherited the role of the you know space obsessed rock star. less glammy though way less yeah, glammy yes yeah. yeah um and that, and that was that was cool you you picked out uh, Trump Monde, which is one of my which is my favorite pixies, pixies record and uh bird dream of olympus mons cuz I was... didn't I didn't pick it out uh oh, you wired.com okay. uh in in what 2012 when the first uh mars lander uh landed they had a top 10 songs ah. as a tribute uh, and and Tromplemond, what what's the moon uh bird, bird... dream of uh, olympus mons yeah. yeah so that was on there and uh it is 
I don't know if I could pick a favorite Pixies album, but it's the first Pixies album that I that I got when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, warm to my heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, and the first one I heard. And it's uh, moody enough that it it fits with almost any game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to listen to more music when we game. It's tricky at my house, but I love having the having that on when mm-hmm. we're playing. Yep. Especially if it's themed. I'm such a sucker for like. Sure. It's a it's a hard game to theme with music because of the mm-hmm. corporate feel and the. Yeah. But even if know, we're anywhere. Just in like there. elevator music the whole time would be like. <laughs> we could always play the soundtrack from Mission to Mars. There you go. Oh, which is all Van Halen. <laughs> Van Halen and then weirdly sparse organ and yeah. either pan flute or. Uh, oh, that was or right. The music was just awful. It completely didn't match. It, they were trying to do a 60s sci fi soundtrack that it, was missed the mark. It was so detached from the emotion that. That or people weren't feeling. <laughs> God. It's like it's like the music was was what's going on inside of their brains and why they don't care. Yeah, right. Oh, here's a terrible thing happening. I'm being eaten by a brain-eating parasite. I don't care about my friend getting smashed in the face with a Mars rock. Yeah, it's like where where the bassoon should have been used to have a little. They used like a piccolo in the It's just like. And where the organ should have been used in a haunted house from the youth center when we were kids uh, it was used in a sci-fi uh, movie yeah. from the 90s terrible terrible awesome. stuff yep awesome. terribly awesome go yeah. watch that movie yeah <laughs> uh and, and the only other music i was thinking about too uh was the misfits i turned into a martian oh misfits um, were on the uh wired oh, uh, list yeah they had uh teenager from mars teenagers from mars is the other one yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, again and and man you know the misfits were much later that was late 70s early 80s too so certainly there was still that uh and if you want to hit martians uh just just start going through psychobilly and rockabilly uh, sure, playlists yeah. and you've lots got, of martian stuff there you've right? got martian songs uh galore but yeah. Not, yeah. nothing touching on terraforming hmm. Hmm. more invasion oh there's a mist oh there's invasion oh yeah, yeah lots invaders of invaders yeah. invaders yeah. from mars uh, mm. all over the place but mm. There's a missed opportunity oh, there. Mars attacks. That's something we didn't think about. I just uh, thought about yeah. that now. That's, uh, yeah. Well, considering we were trying to think of building on Mars. Yeah. Right, yeah. Invaders from Mars is not really where yeah, we didn't, going. Didn't quite get there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 There's a Mars attacks game, though, that I've, I've never Board played. Board game? Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's much to it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Put it lower on the list, on the long-term purchase list. I don't even remember who made it. Mm. I don't know if it's... Uh, I'm glad to just talk about space and and then Mars and and books and music is is great. Mm. Um, I think I was saying, oh, I don't know what I was gonna say. I was gonna try to bring Elon Musk and then SpaceX into this at some point. Uh, do you guys follow it at all? Do you have any prediction for who who's gonna end up, you know, getting to Mars and getting to settle? I don't know what happens. Colonize. Uh, was it Boeing or uh, somebody slighted Elon? Like this week or last week, it was either Boeing or one of the other big aerospace, and oh, he kind of um, threw them a challenge, like, put your money where your mouth is. Bronson? No, no, no. Bronson. I think it might have been Boeing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But one of them was basically bad-mouthing he has, does, He does say a lot of things. Oh, yeah, he's and crazy. And he, those what, he, he just put out a flamethrower? Yeah, with, he's uh, crazy. With his other company? Launched, like, that's not a good idea. Launch that that <laughs> Tesla into space uh, just for fun, just <laughs> more space junk. 
Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of irresponsible. Yeah. Um, well, what you were you were saying he got his start as a, what a ten year old who sold I, a, a I just, video program. Yeah, we just. I think he's he's kept that with he, him. He is a he's curious still... kid, a big, rich, curious kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he's a fascinating figure. He he does fascinate me. Yeah, I was looking flicking through his biography that we bought for my father in law, and yeah, I think he was twelve years old, and he published a coded game in a computer magazine, kind of like a, a asteroid or. Uh, asteroids the game right with a mm, little triangle yep, shooting yep. the asteroids yep yeah. that's it asteroids or astro smash if you played astro on smash ColecoVision uh, or whatever ColecoVision yeah right um, Very but yeah he does seem to just still be messing around if you've ever watched any astro of those astro smash has the better music I love <laughs> 70s 80s video game soundtracks yep. um, yeah anyways yeah, Elon Musk. Big now, kid. now, whenever Big I play Astro Smash or or Asteroids, I'm going to pretend the little triangle is a Tesla. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you should put. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts? Any wrap ups? I, I just thought of another song, but it's not quite. It, it doesn't quite fit Mars, except for the fact that on terraforming Mars, there are two cities that you build as kind of space stations circling the planet. And I, I just for whatever reason had Lou Reed's "Satellite of Love" come into my. Mm-hmm. Uh, into my brain too. That that that's kind of a fun little. If we, if we were making a soundtrack record for Terraforming Mars, I think I'd put Satellite of Love on there, just because it's a great song. Cool. Well, if you're interested in any of the things that we're talking about, we 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 will hopefully be able to link to most of it. Check out some cool stories and books. Mm-hmm. Go watch a horribly funny movie. Um, mm-hmm. Play some games. Listen to some music. Yep. Sounds good. I don't I don't know if it's luck wise. I just just thinking the the one game where I I won with. A larger gap, and I think it was only 14 points between uh, me and Dave, and like 20 points between me and Chris, who had not played before, was with uh, with the plant company, with the the hippie oh, company, yeah, Ecoline. Nice yeah, guys. and I, I focused the whole game on just plant production, and it uh, makes sense. It worked so well, and I'd like I'd like to see try that again, uh, where I pick that company and just see if if you can duplicate that, or if it's just I, I just happened to get the right cards. That well, game. that's what I thought. The one game I won was with the Heat Production guys, and I had it up today, and I was like, oh, I might win, because this is what I won with. Yeah. And I was felt like I was doing really well. Didn't win. Hmm. And, and that's interesting. I think maybe the next time we, we pull out the game, maybe we'll pick our corporations, um, because sure. Thorgate, of all the ones I've played solo, I haven't played many with Thorgate, but I really love Thorgate. They're, they're the electric company, hmm. and I really like them. I like the I, Helos, the, the Heat Company, too, uh, but it would be really interesting. Pick um, our companies, draft all the cards and see if we can get a super high scoring game with a big yeah. gap. Yep, that would be fun. Just a, a little, just a good little experiment. Yep. And how and how would you draft? The, would, would you take your first ten cards and draft those, and then Why you draft not? every Let's four? Try it yeah, all. sure. Why not? I like that. There is yeah. a. I think there's a variant in either the rule book or online. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have been six cards, but I'm confusing it with something else. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, yeah. And the other thing about drafting, of course, too, is well, drafting's if, a, there's a race for the galaxy. Variant that's as well. exactly what I'm okay, saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but drafting in terraforming Mars, the interesting thing about that is, of course, you can not only draft to get you know to get rid of the cards that you might not want. You could choose to draft a card you know your opponent totally. wants, that's then not the, buy it and and discard it. That's the strategy of drafting. Yeah. I mean, yep. you get that's, what you want. That's and keep, a strategy. Yeah, yeah. A stra- yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. but yeah, hate, getting what you want and drafting. keeping your opponent from <laughs> but, from getting but, what they want. But boy, that takes that takes an already really. Uh, amazingly complex and well-balanced game. Uh, I'd like to try it and see if how much of a balance it throws out, but just as an interesting variant. I mean, yeah. it just adds way more playability to an already a, huge playable game. It's going to add about 15 minutes to the game, probably. Yeah. It takes a while to pick mm. cards. 
For me. For you. <laughs> if we haven't said before, we, we always we always kid Steve about the, the length of time he takes to, for a term. It's be kind of common. It's not as bad as Dan. Oh, my I God. I play games with Dan. Dan's, uh, Dan thinks into the... He goes into the future. He leaves his body, <laughs> goes into the future, comes back and saw with a the point math when done. he won the game and yeah. then wins the game. And he wins all the time, our friend Dan. Yeah. Yep. Good with good with long-term planning. I think we're... It's all math in his head. It's it is. Math, oh, yeah. math, which, yeah. which what when you get a game that that has less math it really throws him off mm. yeah on, should, on his first too much game. variability yeah. anything that throws when, up his it's when he's not algorithms. played the game before yeah. that this paralysis happens and and if it's a game that seems like it has math but then has luck on top of that where you can't you know where your choice that you're trying to make now is going to disappear the mm-hmm. next turn then you can see his eyes kind of cross sometimes uh-huh. stay tuned future episode where we talk about dan who he is mm-hmm. where he lives and how he games and hopefully he will join us one of, one of these days down the road maybe. <laughs> no we don't want him here <laughs> we just want to talk about him when he's not here he can listen to it later <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh he'll get angry and figure out how to send us to mars and uh, gets uh, angry no no that's true it's <laughs> a good point Come but on, uh on. i'd say we're probably out of time yeah just... getting... cool okay thanks everyone yeah cheers goodbye